Hello from Clio Cloud Conference 2017 in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Sam Glover. I'm Peter Aprile. And I'm Natalie Worsfold. And we're on the road with the Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here in the Big Easy. Today we're talking about Peter Aprile's presentation about building a more complete law firm. And um, Peter and Natalie, why don't you take turns and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and um, how it feels to have one of the top two legal tech podcasts <laughs> in the world. Uh, my name's Peter Aprile. I am the founder of Counter Tax Lawyers and we're a tax litigation boutique in Toronto. And we also have a podcast, but I'll let Natalie tell you about that. I'm Natalie Worsfold. I am the co-host of our podcast. It's called Building New Law. Uh, we interview interesting people doing fun things in the legal tech world. And uh, really, if you guys aren't listening to Building New Law, uh, you really should be. So go pull up your favorite podcast app and, and listen to, pick any of them, but uh, the inaugural episode with Seth Godin might be the showstopper, um, but it does just keep getting better from there. So, um, so Peter, I was in your presentation and, uh, and I loved it, honestly. Uh, you, you talked about some things that I really wish all lawyers would be thinking about. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about each piece of it. So you divided up nicely into three things that you think lawyers and law firms should be doing and thinking about um, along with their tech adoption. And so let's take the first one. Uh, you, you said you think law firms should have the longest view in the room. So what do you mean by that? So uh, thanks for that, Sam. Yeah, I, I think that what we were talking a little bit about um, was the idea that it seems that um, lawyers have very short-term, lawyers and law firms have very short-term view. And, and what we think is based on where the legal industry is going, the pace of change, uh, increase of competition in the legal market, we really think that the law firms that are going to succeed are the ones that are doing things now um, that are putting them in a better position 5, 10, and 15 years from now. And so we really want to emphasize that point at the beginning of the presentation. You, you know, you guys, uh, I've read Peter Thiel's uh, book, and uh, Zero to One, and you know, he's there's a lot of caveats around whether or not he's a person to listen to. But I think when it comes to startups, he, he is, and he talks about um, that you need to have a secret, something that you believe is true about the future that most people don't. And as you were talking about um, taking the long view, that's what it made me think of, is like you are trying to look ahead and project where things are going, and then you're trying to m figure out where your firm needs to be and just get there first. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. Uh, the way we, and as I mentioned in the talk, the, you know, the way I look at it is we're building a platform. Um, we're, you know, I, I look at our law firm as less as a as a law firm and more as a platform. I, I think that what we're doing is we're building an environment for knowledge workers to reach their highest potential, to produce the highest quality work, because again, I think that's something that's been getting lost in this legal tech talk lately, um, but produce the highest quality work and, and produce it uh, as efficiently as possible. Natalie, I'm curious what this actually looks like in practice in the firm, because <laughs> it, it sounds amazing on stage, but I'd like to I'd like to hear like, what it, how do you actually employ this? I would say it's it's a lot of hard work. Uh, you know, taking taking the long road and not sacrificing anything for a short-term gain or something like that, you are looking at, you know, lots of hard work, lots of grit, and, and always knowing that you're on a path and you're going towards something better. But lots of doubt too, right? Um, you know, as I was saying, you know, Natalie and I have a lot of conversations about whether we are doing the right thing and, and um, what's the return on investment? 
on this, um, and not even financially, otherwise. Uh, and, and frankly, even whether we ought to be focusing on the outcome or whether we should just continue to make uh, long-term investments and long-term bets um, guided by that North Star of building a platform. You, uh, th- your second point was to trust the process, to have a process and then trust it, um, which is near and dear to my heart because as you said, you were a, a process geek, so am I. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of it because it feels like programming your law firm. You know, building the code for your firm and then and then iterating it on it, making it better. Um, so the you said the pieces of that were having goals, uh, mapping your processes, um, and then uh, thinking deeply, more deeply about the way you do things. So, uh, like, how how do you go about setting goals? So um, there's a bunch of goal setting methodologies. Um, you know, they've been around. F- forever. Um, We've adopted um, OKRs, so Objectives and Key Results, uh, which is something that Intel, I believe, developed it around 1999, and Google talks a lot about it, and credits OKRs for being part of its early stage success and execution. Um, And so we've adopted the methodology. Um, It's how we try to um, guide our firm in terms of where it's going and also set uh, the milestones in terms of how we're going to get there. So So do you guys meet like once a month or once a week to go over uh, the key results, or is this more of an ongoing, constant thing? Uh, we actually use a piece of software where you can check in a result. So um, when we meet, we're not necessarily, you know, sharing the information about where we're at because we already know that. Like it's it's very prevalent in our firm. Everybody knows where everybody is in terms of progress. Our meetings are more focused on, you know, if you need some kind of course correction or help or resources to meet that OKR. That's what we're talking about in those meetings. So sorry, to a- but to answer your question, so we do team meetings. So we have the, the firm broken up into departments. Uh, those departments meet once a week um, and review OKRs. Um, and again, like Natalie said, it's very visual, right? So you know, you're you're not in that meeting figuring out where everybody's going. You already know. Uh, and so it's it's supposed to be a constructive session, a brainstorming session, or helping people with bottlenecks or resources issues. Uh, and then I also meet with all the uh, kind of people that are leading these individual departments once a week as well. And I think I I heard Natalie in your response um, a hint of what I, I think is probably really key to this, which is if a result is off track, the focus is on how to get it back on track, not on blame, right? Absolutely, yeah. And how, like, how do you how do you how do you reframe that? Because most of us, um, if we're given a task and we and we don't hit the goal, we take that personally as if we've done something wrong. So how do you how do you change the culture of the firm to be around? let's get this back on track and it's not your fault necessarily. I don't know if I could point to anything and say that's how we change the culture. Uh, I know like I carry a lot of blame and guilt myself internally. <laughs> yeah. uh, so like I don't I don't think that any of us need to add to that in any way. So uh, I think it's always been uh, an approach and a culture of it doesn't matter how we got here. Like this is where we're at. Here's where we're trying to go. How do we get there? I think that um, one of the things that I really like about our culture and one of the things that we're focusing on uh, multiplying as we kind of add more people uh, is the idea that we're all partners in this. Um, you know, and, and my job is to support you and your job is to support me. Like this isn't about um, blaming the individual. This is about how can we work together and how can I how can I help you get to where you need to go and how can you help me? And I think that everybody in our law firm right now has that mindset. Um, it is really like we are very much all in for each other. And, um, you know, we banty around the word partner a lot. Um, you know, in law firms, it means something. It means something specific. Um, you know, we're not talking about that type of partnership. You know, we're talking about people that are all in for one another, and and it's something that I think is allows us to 
you know, have those quote unquote failures or off track moments and, and all of us still understand, um, no, you tried your best to get there. Now let me, now let me lift you up a bit. Let's fix the process, which kind of brings me to the next thing. You said you've got, um, like 52, uh, firm processes right now. So you've mapped out how the firm does just about everything. And what came out, uh, in, in questions, uh, from the audience is that you made a decision. It sounds like that you were comfortable losing people in order to do that which I think is really important because what I heard in the question was potentially a lawyer who's afraid to make changes because uh, she wasn't confident that her staff will go with her. Um, and I hear that from a lot of uh, firms where um, it's more important to keep the person than it is to change uh, the company. And like, how, how do you get to the point where you uh, realize like this is where we're going to go and I'm okay with losing people if you're not on board? It's not easy, like, you know, it's not easy. Um but this is where we need to go. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, it's, um, you know, I want all the people that we have to be part of wherever we end up, assuming we end up anywhere good. But, um, like, I, I want us all to be a part of it, but but I, I might not get to choose it. And it's not for everybody. You know, working for us, we talk about it all the time. It isn't easy. This is not an easy place to work. And, and so we understand that people might not fit, they might not fit as the firm evolves, uh, and that's okay. And, and we'll try to put them in the best position to uh, succeed somewhere else and contribute somewhere else. And, and we'll, find, uh, we'll find people that believe in, in our mission as well. Natalie, Peter said that uh, at a couple of points, he was afraid that he had a revolution on his hands. Uh, <laughs> what did he do wrong? Why was there a revolution brewing? It took us a long time to get through. Like we tried, like we said, we tried to do 24 workflows at once, which is madness. You're like, right. <laughs> you, you can't do that. And, you know, it was a really long slog to go through that. And I think the, the part that we were still learning at that time is communication. What was the reason that we were devoting resources to this? Why are we doing it? And I would say that's what we needed to articulate a little better. Even though, I mean, there was, um, were there eight of us at the time? Yeah. Like it was pretty small. And you'd have thought, you know, team of eight should be able to communicate better. Right. <laughs> well, especially a team of eight in an open office, right? And, um, you know, it, I think Natalie's absolutely right. I think it's a communication piece. Uh, and um, But after that communication, we could have lost people. like you were, and, and that would have been okay. Uh, but I don't like the way that we... We could have handled it better if we would have had that better communication and, and reduced a lot of that struggle. But, and again, as Natalie was implying and as you said in your presentation... Um, if we communicated a little bit better and, and bit off a smaller chunk, uh, we would have been in a much, much better position. I will say, though, it made us so much stronger. Yeah. Like, going through that experience is it's just an amazing path to walk through. Yeah, like your earlier question in terms of, like, um, you know, blame uh, and how do you remove, like, that was, you know, we went through it together. Uh, and that, that experience has shaped our firm and shaped the relationships of, of a lot of the um, a lot of the people that were a part of that at that time. I feel like as as I have been learning about um, how to make the transition to very process based, uh, some of the people that I've hired have become sort of sacrificial lambs because that really hard that is it's a hard process to to start that out and sometimes you figure out what you need and you burn that first person in the process and and then they just can't go with you any further and you have to move on to the next one yeah and that's, um, so it and sounds like you guys have moved past that a little bit yeah that, but but that that is our experience as well like that's what happens and it and it's really unfortunate and it's a matter of us as um us as people trying to j drive this change through the organization, that's on us. Like those are our mistakes. Um, uh, but that's part of the experience and learning and um, learning how to 
map out these processes and, and I guess um, learning how to set the right culture in all of our organizations. So uh, in terms of thinking deeper about processes, it, it sounds like uh, you got to the point where you had reached the limit of what you could do with the tools you had. And at some point, you actually decided to go and develop your own software. So you're a software company and a law firm now? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Somebody made a joke <laughs> once that we're a law firm incubating a software company. Uh, I wouldn't say that. And, and one of the reasons why I kind of resist that idea um, is that the motivation for our firm you know, it isn't technology. It isn't to build software. I have, frankly, I have very, very little interest, but for the fact that it's going to help us produce better work. And as I said in the presentation, like it is a tool to help us think deeper. Uh, I'm motivated by us being um, great lawyers and not us being technologists. So your, your third one, I think, is maybe even the biggest one, it, which is having the courage to make a bet, right? So you've, you, know, you know how your firm is doing things. Uh, you've, you've tried to look into the future, and you know what you believe about the future. And then you have to build the firm uh, on what you believe to be true about the future, even if it's not imminent. Um, how, like, wh where, do you, where does that courage come from? How do you build that? Well, what's the alternative? <laughs> uh, you know, okay, the, you say that, and I and I think the same way. But I think a lot of people don't feel that need to do it. Well, they'll die. Yeah, like that's like that like that's it. Like <laughs> I don't need to persuade anybody to change their law firm, or you know, I hope that. Um, you know, I don't think we were saying earlier. I don't think we're experts at any of this. Um, you know, we're just another small law firm trying to do good work, and I hope that. Um, you know, from that talk or from this, people will will say, oh, somebody else is doing it, so I'll step forward. And frankly, that's why I think podcasts um, have are so important and, and what's going on in the online community because it's connecting a lot of people that might otherwise be hesitating to take a step forward. Um, now, where does it come from? You know, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't see another option. Um, if we're going to be the best practitioners that we want to be, this is the, this is the path that I see. Uh, and I'm not going to um, not take a step forward and be a lesser lawyer. Natalie, I'm curious, to, to what extent does, um, does the processes, the firm's philosophy, the culture, the mission and values, uh, to what extent does that spill over into the client relationships? I mean, have you had to get the clients on board with this as well? Or do they just... They feel like you're a great firm, they like working with you, and, and they don't really care much beyond that. I think it's a case of like-minded people attracting like-minded people. So, you know, most of our clients are entrepreneurs. They run their own business, and this is the same way they're running their business. And I think that that connection uh, means that nothing really spills over. It's just like-minded people coming together and, and working together. It's actually similar to what you were saying earlier. You know, when when you have the right people on your team, like our team is now expanded, right? It's it's we, we look at it as that we're partnering with clients as well as the people within our organization. Um, you know, it's a matter of uh, these are the people that we want to work with, either people on our team or or those clients. And so I think Natalie's absolutely right. It's we keep looking for that like-mindedness, and we know that it's those type of clients that we want to work with or those type of people that we want to be working with. I have a lot more questions for you guys, and I feel like we could just stretch this uh, <laughs> this interview out because uh, I feel uh, it's such a pleasure to have you in front of me and to be interviewing you. Um, and so I love your podcast. And before we close it out for today, uh, my last question is, um, where can people find you and connect with you uh, online or elsewhere? Besides listening to your podcast, which I, I feel like uh, if, if that's not obvious, go to the Apple <laughs> Podcasts app, um, go to your favorite podcast place and, and listen to Building New Law. 
Um, but where, how else should people try and connect with you? Uh, you can find us at countertax.ca. So it's buildingnewlaw.ca uh, is the podcast and countertax.ca uh, is the law firm. Uh, and I assume you, can you find have us a on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, on Twitter and social media. Yeah, <laughs> Right. And you're on Tinder, right? No? You can't find Natalie. You can't find either one of us on Tinder. <laughs> Too bad. Disappointing. Um, there goes my crushing my dreams. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank uh, Peter and Natalie for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.